Okay, welcome back. So last week we talked about Zachar, remembering the Shabbos. We talked about remembering the Shabbos throughout the week. And uh, we also talked about the positive commandment of Zachar, remember the Shabbos come Friday night, the positive commandment to make Kiddush. And uh, that, that the fulfillment of the Torah commandment to make Kiddush involves mentioning the holiness of Shabbos. And, uh, and the, the rabbis added, according to most opinions, it's rabbinic that it should be done over a cup of wine. Now, there's one other aspect of fulfilling this commandment that's noted in the Gemara and the Tambog in Psachim. And that's the first source on your page. The Gemara says that Rav Acha Bar Yaakov said, You need to mention the Exodus from Egypt when you make Kiddush. And the Gemara learns it out using what's called a Gzei Shava, which is a tool um, really based on tradition for comparing different parts in the Torah. And that's where it derives that it's part of the mitzvah. It's part of the commandment of Kiddush is to mention the Exodus. And, uh, and this is understood to be a part of the biblical commandment, the mitzvah de'araisa, the Torah commandment of Kiddush, of sanctifying the Shabbos, includes mentioning the Exodus and the Minchas Finach, one of the uh, halachic commentators, he, he notes, you know, there's a whole discussion about whether one, you know, that the, this idea that one can actually fulfill the Torah commandment of Kiddush when they pray and daven the evening service of Myriv, because there we mention the holiness of Shabbos, and we actually make the same blessing that we do at Kiddush, Mekadesh HaShabbos, God sanctifies the Shabbos. And this leads to a whole discussion that by the time a person gets home, they're only rabbinically required, and that could create certain complications. And the Minchas Finach says, I don't understand what the whole uh, discussion is about in the first place, because when we daven, when we pray Myriv, we don't actually mention the Exodus. So in the in the Kiddush, we do mention in other places, but in, in, in the Shemona Esrei, in the Amidah, when we're mentioning, when we're sanctifying the Shabbos, we don't do it in, in uh, connection to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, to the Exodus. So he says, I don't know what the big deal is. Like everybody's discussing, it seems to me that you don't fulfill your Torah obligation at the evening service, and, uh, and you only fulfill it when you get home, and you make Kiddush over your cup of wine, and at that point, that's where you mention the Exodus. But uh, be that as it may, the Minchas Tenach certainly understands this Gemara, this passage in the Talmud, to be teaching us a Torah requirement, that part of the Torah requirement of Kiddush for Shabbos, of sanctifying the Shabbos, is actually to mention the Exodus in connection to it. And that begs the question, why? Why is the Exodus from Egypt tied so tightly um, so essentially to Shabbos that we don't actually fulfill the obligation of Kiddush unless we mention the Exodus. Now, there's a clear connection between Shabbos and the Exodus and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, because if we look at the Ten Commandments, uh, the second time around in the book of Devarim, of Deuteronomy, so there it um, talks about Shabbos in connection with the Exodus, and we'll read that in a moment, that doesn't... Um, you know, answer the question necessarily why it's so essential and why it must be mentioned in Kiddush, but it is there. And, uh, and that will be somewhat of our focus. We're going to try to answer this question. We're also going to do some comparing 
between the Ten Commandments as they appear in the book of Shemos of Exodus in Parshas Yisra, and as they appear in Devarim in Parshas Vaeshana. So uh, just to, to quickly read it off, the first and, and most glaring, uh, I don't know, most glaring, but uh, maybe most discussed difference between the two is the initial instruction. So we talked about a lot last week about Zachor Yom HaShabbos, remember the Shabbos to sanctify it. If you look in Devarim Deuteronomy, it says, Shamor Yom HaShabbos You should guard the Shabbos, protect the Shabbos, Shamor, instead of Zachor. And, uh, and uh, the Midrash teaches us, Rashi quotes it, that actually God said both instructions. He said, Zachor Yom HaShabbos and Shamor Yom HaShabbos, remember the Shabbos and guard the Shabbos. And he said them in one utterance. And, uh, and we actually sing about this at, uh, in the Friday night service when we say, we say, Shamor v'zachor v'dibor echad. That uh, Shamor and Zachor, these two instructions were v'dibor echad. They were said in one utterance. Hashem, God sounded them to us in one utterance. And, uh, and really we could then wonder, Why? Why were they said in one utterance? Um, as far as I know, most most of the commandments, certainly, you know, most of the what we find in the Ten Commandments, but uh, most of the commandments in the Torah were said in separate utterances. What would have been wrong if God said, Zachar and Shamor, as Yom HaShabbos, remember and guard the Shabbos? Why does it, Why did these two instructions have to be said in one utterance, what would have been wrong with separating them? Maybe to sharpen the question a little bit, if you look on the source sheet and you skip down to the fourth source on the first page, to Rashi. So Rashi quotes a Midrash. And the Midrash says, this point, it says, Zachar and Shamor, remember and guard the Shabbos, were both said in a single utterance. And then Rashi, quoting the Midrash, cites other examples of commandments that were said in a single utterance. So some of the examples he cites, one of them is those who desecrate the Shabbos should be put to death, but you should bring offerings on Shabbos. It says, uh, and on the Sabbath day, two lambs. So even though bringing offerings involves numerous transgressions of milachav, some of the forbidding actions of Shabbos, like slaughtering and uh, and cooking and all these, you know, many, many different uh, violations, but yet were instructed to do it on Shabbos. So, so the Midrash says, these two things, which are mutually contradictory, you know, guard the Shabbos, or, you know, whoever violates the Shabbos is put to death, and violate the Shabbos, bring these offerings. So because they're mutually contradictory, they were said in one utterance to say, we're still going to do this. Another example, he says, it says, you shall not wear shatnes. And it says, you shall make tzitzis for yourself. And, and it says there, uh, um, and that, that mitzvah of tzitzis in its classic form is actually done with shatnes. Shatnes is the mixing of wool and linen. The mitzvah of tzitzis in its classic form, although we don't do this nowadays, you know, for, for certain reasons, but in its classic form would be to involve both linen and wool in the tzitzis. Um, and, uh, 
And that's shotness. But yet the Torah says, don't wear shotness. But then it says to wear tzitzis, which are shotness. So those two things, which are mutually contradictory, were said in one utterance. Also, it says, the nakedness of your brother's wife you should not uncover, meaning a, a man is not allowed to marry his brother's wife, um, even if his brother is no longer married to her, meaning if the brother got divorced or the brother passed away in a situation where they had children. So then one would not be able to marry his brother's wife. On the other hand, we have a concept of yibum, um, leverate marriage, where the Torah says that, uh, that if a man dies without children, so then his wife can marry one of his brothers. And so on the one hand, we have this prohibition. A man cannot marry his brother's wife. On the other hand, we have an exception to it where a man can marry his brother's wife. And therefore, those two were said in one single utterance. So, and there's more examples in the Midrash, but the idea that we see is that there are certain commandments which seem to be contradictory. And therefore, it was necessary for them to be stated in one utterance to say that even though they're contradictory, but they are going, they, they are consistent at the same time and, uh, and they're both true. And those make sense. We can understand since they're contradictory, why they had to be said in one utterance. But why would it Shamor and Zachar, that seems to be the outlier here. Why would Shamor and Zachar remember the Shabbos Zachar and, and guard the Shabbos? There's nothing contradictory about those two ideas. So what's the need for them to be said in the single utterance? And when we, when, when we soon try to answer that question, the approach perhaps is, is going to be not that they are contradictory, and that's why they need to be said at the same time, but they are necessary to each other, and you can't have one without the other. And therefore, they need to be said at the same time, because they can't, neither can exist on its own without the other. So that will be the, the method that we'll use to answer that question, why they have to be said at the same time. But we'll get to that soon. Before we get to that, let's uh, just take a, a little bit of a deeper dive into these verses, comparing, um, discussing the commandment, the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments, which is to guard the Shabbos or remember the Shabbos, and how it's, how it's, um, how it's written in each place. So starting now back to the second source, which is in Shemos, chapter 20, the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to sanctify it. Six days may you work and perform all your labor, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall perform no labor, neither you, your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, your beast, nor your stranger who is in your cities. Why? Why are we to remember the Shabbos? The Torah says, For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and sanctified it. So in Parshas Yisro, in the book of Shemos, the first time we encounter the Ten Commandments, the Torah tells us that the reason why we are to observe Shabbos is because God created the world in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. It's somehow a commemoration of God's creating of the world and resting on the seventh day. However, in Devarim, in the second time we encounter the Ten Commandments, it's quite a different story. Over there, the Torah says, Shamor, keep the Shabbos, the Sabbath day to sanctify it, as the Lord your God commanded you. 
There is much discussion about that little insertion as the Lord commanded you. We're not going to go into it today. Six days may you work and perform all your labor, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, the Lord your God. You shall perform no labor, neither you, your servant, son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, your ox, your donkey, any of your livestock. There are some extra things inserted there, again, discussed by the commentaries. Nor the stranger who is within your cities, in order that your manservant and your maidservant may rest like you. And then it says, and you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord your God took you out from there with a strong hand, with an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Shabbos day. No mention of God creating the world in six days and resting on the seventh. Instead, we are introduced to a new idea that you should remember that you were a slave in Egypt and that God took you out. Therefore, Alcain, therefore, God is commanding you to keep the Shabbos. So here, the Torah tells us we're supposed to keep the Shabbos in order to remember that we were slaves and that God took us out of Egypt. So which one is it? Why are we, why are we observing Shabbos? Is it to remember the creation of the world, that God created the world? Is it to remember that we were slaves in Egypt and God took us out? Or, as it seems, is it both? And what does that mean? That it's for both. So, uh, so let's just review our questions and then we'll set out to try to answer them. So the first question was that part of the commandment of Zachor to remember the Shabbos and make Kiddush really is to mention the Exodus. And the question is why? Why does one only fulfill the mitzvah, the commandment of Kiddush, if they mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, they mention the Exodus from Egypt? Secondly, we're taught that Zachar and Shemur, remember and guard the Shabbos, were said in one utterance by God. That's not typical. Usually, most of the mitzvahs were said in separate utterances. Why was it necessary to say these two in one utterance? They are not, or I should say, to utter them in one utterance. Um, they, uh, they, they're not mutually exclusive. They're not contradictory. And so why were they said as one? And finally, we just seem to have two Shabbases being described here. We have Shabbos to remember that God created the world, to commemorate, to remember. And we have Shabbos to remember that we are, we were slaves in Egypt and God took us out. So which one is it? Is it both? What is the significance of each one? That's what we're going to try to explain. <laughs> so we're going to begin with the Maharal. The Maharal has a commentary on Rashi. It's called Gur Aryeh. And, uh, and the Maharal notes, first of all, that um, the, the change from Zachar in the first set of commandments and Shamar in the second set of commandments fits very nicely and neatly with the theme of each set. In other words, he says, um, the first set, the first time that the Ten Commandments appear, where it says Zachor, it says, remember the Shabbos. So what is Zachor? What, is, what does it mean to remember? So he says, it's to make Kiddush, right? It's to do something, to do an act, a positive act. It's a mitzvah asay. It's a positive commandment to sanctify the Shabbos, to, to sanctify the Shabbos verbally, 
and to declare the holiness of Shabbos. Now, why, why, why is Shabbos special? Why does the seventh day have any special significance? Why is the seventh day holy? Why are we to declare the sanctity specifically of the seventh day? Well, that's because the seventh day is special. The seventh day is the day on which God rested. God created the world in six days and you're resting on the seventh day. In terms of the Exodus from Egypt, there's no special significance of the seventh day of the week. There, you know, we were slaves in Egypt all the days of the week. Okay, there are midrashim that we had off on Shabbos that uh, Moshe Moses uh, negotiated for us to have off on Shabbos. But, but uh, that aside, that's not how we would remember the Exodus specifically on the seventh day. The, the, uh, the idea of making the seventh day holy that it's special only and directly relates to the idea that that's the day on which. God resting. It relates to the time of creation being in six days and God resting on the seventh day. That's what gives it holiness. That's the day that God rested. And therefore, that's it's in relation to that idea, the idea of, of the creation, that it's relevant to sanctify this day. However, in the book of Devarim, we have Shamar, we have guard the Shabbos. Now, what does it mean to guard the Shabbos? So we usually understand that guarding the Shabbos means, means resting from work, not doing milacha, not doing positive acts of, um, of creation. And why are we to rest from work? Why do we Shamar? Why do we rest on the, on the, uh, on the seventh day? Now, it could be, you could say, well, because God rested, but there's more. He says, we rest to remember the Exodus because on the seventh day, sorry, excuse me, on, uh, in, uh, in, in Egypt, we were slaves. We were working and, uh, and we rest from our melacha to remember that God took us out and gave us, um, gave us rest from that backbreaking labor. That we had in Egypt. So, uh, so that's the, the that's the beginning of the idea. Zachar, remember, sanctify positive acts of sanctifying the Shabbos. They go with the the uniqueness and the holiness of the seventh day, which comes, which emanates from the fact that it's the day on which God rested from creating the world. The resting from work, though, Shamar, which talks about not working on the seventh day, not working on Shabbos, that's a commemoration. That's to remember that God rescued us from slavery where we were working and then we had a chance to to take a break, to stop. But why do they need to be said at once? The Maharal asks this question. He asks our question. Why did they have to be said in one utterance? So he says, because even though they're two ideas, they're really one. He says, Shamor, we said, means to stop working, to not be involved in melachim, positive create creative acts. Um, that's needed, he says, to be able to sanctify the day. In order to make the day holy, to mark the day as holy, 
you have to, it has to be different than every other day. It has to be a day where we're not doing melacha, where we're not work involved in, 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 in work like other days. But that on its own, if we just take a break from work, you know, that doesn't make it Shabbos. Um, he said, you know, there's lots of days people take off from work. You know, even this time of year in particular, right? People are taking off from work. So does that make every day that we uh, take off from work into a Shabbos? It's not clear that it's special and holy just because we take off from work. So therefore, we need to specifically declare its sanctity. We need Zachor. So, uh, and that will declare its holiness. That will mark its holiness. But marking its holiness on its own is not enough if it's not any different than a regular day. Right? If it would be a day where we do malacha, where we do work, but we just say, oh, but it's holy, sanctified. Well, that doesn't, you know, in what way is it different? In what way is it, it how, how is this day different? You're just declaring it holy, but if you're not doing anything different, then, then what way is it, is it holy and different? So he says these two things are necessary for each other in order to, and that's why they were said it's Diborecha. That's why they were said in one in one utterance. To have a day that you are Zachor, that you uh that you declare it sanctity. So you it has to be different. It has to be a day that you're that you're not not working. But not working on its own is not enough because not working, there's lots of days we don't work. That doesn't show the holiness. You need to also declare the holiness, declare that it's a special day of Shabbos, and that is why. Um, they had to be said in more utterance to teach us that each part is necessary to bring out the other. Um, or I, I don't know if it's really to bring out the other, per se, maybe to bring out the Zahar, to bring out the holiness, you need the Shamor, really, is what it comes down to. Well, no, actually, no, it works both ways, he's saying. You need... You need to, to declare the holiness, to declare a day holy, but not actually do anything different is not enough. You need shamar. You need to guard it. You need to be, you need to rest. To, to, to guard it and not work is, doesn't make the day special unless you declare the day special. You declare the day holy and therefore you need both. That's what the Maharal says. Um, the Ramban though makes, you know, takes it maybe a step, a step further. Um, and I put it on the source sheet. And the Ramban says that these two ideas of, uh, of both the Exodus and the and Shabbos Bereshis, remembering the creation, are much are, 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 are intrinsically tied together. Says the Ramban, if you have the source sheets on the second page, the Ramban says, it is more fitting to say that because the Exodus from Egypt is evidence of the existence of an eternal God, who caused everything to come into existence through his will and who has supreme power, as I've explained in the first commandment. Therefore, you stated here, if there ever arises a doubt in your heart concerning the Sabbath that evidences the creation of the world by the one power of God, you should remember what your eyes saw the exodus from Egypt, which is to you the evidence of his infinite power and the remembrance of his deeds. The Ramban, he kind of references the first commandment. The first commandment is, I am Hashem, your God, who took you out from Egypt, right? That's the first of the 10 commandments. I'm Hashem, your God, who took you out from Egypt. And the commentaries wonder, why doesn't it say, I am Hashem, your God, who created the whole universe? 
It's much greater. It's a much greater act. And the answer is because we weren't there to see it. We weren't there to see God create the entire universe. It's much more meaningful and real to us if God says, I am Hashem, your God, who took you out of Egypt, who performed all the miracles that you witnessed, who demonstrated my complete control over all of creation. And so the Ramban says that over here, that the remembrance of the Exodus is what strengthens our emuna, our trust, our belief in God that he created the world. So we can remember Shabbos. Um, Shabbos can remind us of of creation. We can say we observe Shabbos to uh, remember that God created the world. But we weren't there. We don't have a, we don't, we don't know anyone who was there. There was no one there. So, so a uh, person can, you know, doubts could arise in a person's mind. But upon seeing the miracles that God brought in Egypt, and that we have a tradition from our, our, our ancestors, generation after generation after generation, who witnessed it. So that is actually, in a certain way, a stronger, um, a, a stronger basis for our faith in, that, that God created the world. And so he says, thus, the Sabbath is a remembrance of the Exodus from Egypt. This part should have been underlined in the English. It's only underlined in Hebrew, but I'm not sure why. Thus, the Sabbath is a remembrance of the Exodus from Egypt, and the Exodus is a remembrance of the Sabbath. So, so Shabbos is to remember, Shabbos is to remember Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the Exodus, but Yitzhak Mitzrayim is to remember Shabbos. Meaning, for the Sabbath, they remember and say that it is God who makes new signs and wonders and everything, and who does with everything according to his will since it is you created everything at the beginning of creation. So by, so, so we, 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 Shabbos reminds us of the Exodus, but the Exodus, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, reminds us of God's omnipotent power. And that reminds us that it is God who created the world. When you see, when we, when we witnessed God's utter, um, control, complete control over, over nature and over all of creation at the time of, of, of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And there's a lot of discussion, by the way, that the 10 plagues that occurred in Egypt were reenactments in some way of the 10 stages, the 10 utterances which, with which God created the world. So it's almost as if we were witnessing a recreation of the world, you know, Pharaoh says, who's this God who's, you know, who, who's, who's this God um, that I should listen to him? And, and the response is 10 plagues. You aren't, you'll see, he, this is the God that created everything. So, uh, and, and you can witness that for yourself. And so the, the remembering the, uh, remembering the Exodus, remembering Yitzhak Mitzrayim is it brings us back to what Shabbos really is to remember that God created everything. So, uh, so I think with this Ramban, we, we gain two ideas. We, we working with both the idea of the Maharal, the Maharal said that Zahar is really, Zahar is about, is about remembering the creation. Shamor is about remembering the Exodus. Why do they have to be said at the same time? The Maharal had his idea of how they 
you, you know, one without the other isn't really a, a Shabbos. If you don't have, if you're not resting, then it's not holy. But the, the Ramban is saying, because they're, they're actually, the Exodus is what completes the, the idea of Shabbos. Without, with, without having witnessed the, uh, the, the, the great miracles of the Exodus from Egypt, our understanding of, of, of God as creator of the world would be lacking. Would our, our faith would be lacking. This is what completes it. And so they're, they're said at the same time because you need both. You need to remember both. You have to both remember that God created the world, but you also need to remember the Exodus to strengthen that faith and, and accomplish that goal. And, uh, and that's perhaps why it's necessary to mention the Exodus in Kiddush. Like, again, what's, what's it doing in Kiddush? What does Shabbos have to do with, 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 with the Exodus from Egypt? And the answer is because the, 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 the Exodus from Egypt, remembering it, remembering the miracles, is actually what, what affirms our faith in God being the creator of the world. Because that's something that we actually saw. We were there to see it. And so that's, that's central to the message and the, and the uh, commemoration of Shabbos, Shabbos commemorating God as creator of the world, it's the Exodus from Egypt that affirmed that, that where we actually experienced and, and saw that that was the case, where God demonstrated his complete control over all of creation. And uh, and this idea um, of tying this mess, this lesson back to Kirish is basically borne out in the commentators on that passage in the Gemara. The Gemara, the Talmud there in Pesachim, so the Me'iri, um, one of the medieval commentaries, or Menachem Me'iri, so he says along these lines, he says that uh, the reason why we need to mention the Exodus from uh, at Kiddush is because um, because the, the, the lessons are similar. The Amuna, the faith that, that, uh, that we achieve from remembering the Exodus is uh, which is the the faith in, in 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 reward and punishment and God's omnipotent abilities to 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 alter nature. So that's right there with 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 recognizing God as creator of the world, and uh, and they're 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 tied together, just like we're suggesting based on the Ramban, and just a, a little kind of uh, interesting. Midrashic idea, Tosfos on that Gemara, Tosfos quotes an idea that he heard um, from a Medrash that we know that in Egypt it says that they made us work Beferach. Beferach, usually translated as like backbreaking labor, pay, resh, chaf. Now there's a certain kind of called Gematria called Atbash. And what that means is that we at is Aleph Tuf. Aleph is the beginning of the alphabet. Tuf is at the end. Bash, base is the second letter. Shing is the, is the second to last letter. And so you could take a word and you flip it for the letter that corresponds to at the end, of the, the beginning or the end. So an Aleph would flip for a Tuf. A Tuf would flip for an Aleph. A base would flip for a Shin. A Shin would flip for a be, base, etc. So the word Perach, he says, if you flip the word Perach, the pay. Um, the pay would become a vav. The pay is the sixth to last letter. Vav is the sixth letter. The resh is the third to last letter. It would become a gimel. 
and uh, and the chaf is in the middle, and that would become a lamed, and you could get to vigal vav gimel lamed. Now, what is the significance of vav gimel lamed? The numerical value of vav gimel lamed is thirty nine. Vav gimel lamed vav is six, gimel is three, and lamed is thirty. So, in a certain way, the verse is telling us they made us work beperach, but if with heartbreaking labor, but if we take the word parach, what did they make us work with? 39. What's 39? 39 malachos, 39 prohibiting acts on Shabbos that the Egyptians made us do 39 uh, acts of, of malacha, of work, of positive uh, creativity. And, uh, and when we were redeemed, so we were given the, the midst of the commandment of Shabbos to remember that we rested from the 39, the 30, on Shabbos we rest from 39 melachos, 39 acts of, of, of creation, and uh, and that's a rest from the 39 that the uh, Egyptians made us work. So that's Tosos' comment. Okay, so uh, that's uh, part one of today's today's class, and, uh, and on to part two. Um, so part two... May I interrupt yeah. a second before you? Uh, yeah. What is that flipping process called in he? he what's it's, the Hebrew word for it? It's called at bash, and oh, it, that's, oh, it's oh, not oh, a word. That. That's what you said. Okay, that is the right. expression. Got it. Yeah, and it's not a word. It's just really describes the method. At is olive tough, bash base, and it just describes the the first couple of ladders that get flipped and, you know, you go from there, basically. Okay, well, I want to now share with you is an amazing idea from Rabbi Yosef Salat, who was a rabbi in Jerusalem in the middle of the 20th century. Um, and uh, actually, even during World War II, he was there. Um, so, I mean, that's the middle, but he, he was he was a rabbi in, in Jerusalem. And... Uh, and he has a safer a work called Be'er Yosef. And he deals with, with some of our questions. Um, going back, to, we're, we're going to really put aside the, um, the focus on, on the Exodus right now and just come back to our first question, which was, actually our second question, which was, why was it necessary for Zachar and Shamar to be said in one utterance? Why did God have to say, remember, and guard the Shabbos in the single utterance. And, uh, and they're not contradictory. Why, why were they said at once? So he suggests the following. He says that the idea of guarding, what's a shomer? A shomer is somebody who guards, right? So it says shomer, it says guard it. Now, we often understand guard to mean like, you know, keep, keep the Shabbos. That's how some might translate it. Shamar Asiyama Shabbos, keep, keep the Shabbos. But, uh, but he says that when you're put on guard of something, so you're not just guarding it for yourself, you're guarding it from others. You're protecting it. And when the, he suggests that when the Torah tells us Shamar, it's really telling us that we aren't only to keep it ourselves, but we are responsible and instructed to do our best to ensure that others 
guard the Shabbos. That's what it means to guard something. We want to protect it. If you're if you're assigned, if you're given something to guard, you know, please guard my mangi for a few minutes. Guard my, I have to go, you know, somebody has to go to the bathroom in the airport. They say, guard, you know, watch my, uh, watch my bag, guard my bag. And it's, you're not guarding it from yourself. You're guarding it from others. That's what it means to guard something. And, uh, and he says, that's the, that's part of this instruction of Shamar is not just to keep it for ourselves, but to ensure that others keep it as well. And he notes that we find in the, in the Gemara, certain examples where there's a higher standard, you know, in general, we're all responsible for each other to observe the, the mitzvot, and it's our job to try and inspire each other and to role model. But uh, there's a certain higher standard of expectation when it comes to Shabbos. He cites one example. The Gemara has a story where um, it, it says that the, the bull of Rebbe Lazar ben Azaria um, it went out um, into the public domain and it was wearing a certain thing, which you know, we're not allowed to carry in the public domain. We can't have our animals carry for us either in the public domain. And it was wearing something that would have been considered a violation of, of carrying in the public domain. So, uh, so the Gemara actually says it, it, wasn't, it wasn't actually his animal. It wasn't the animal. It, it originally said it was the animal of Ribalazar ben Azariah, and then it elaborates it wasn't his. But since he didn't stop them, it's like it was his. Now, you know, we usually don't go that far as to say, if we don't stop somebody, it's like we did it. We are responsible to try to, to, to guard all the commandments, you know, and, 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 and try to make sure others don't transgress them either. But to say, if, if they do, it's as if we did it. That's, that's, uh, that's the higher standard that we only find over here when it comes to Shabbos. Additionally, we read some verses in the Ten Commandments that uh, it says, you shall perform no labor, neither you, your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, your beast, your animal, right? So it's not just us that are expected to keep the Shabbos, but we're expected to make sure that our families keep it, so much so that even a child um, who, who even, even our children, we're, we're instructed to make sure they don't do malacha, they don't do malacha, at least not for us. In general, if uh, if a child, a young child, is transgressing a prohibition, they're eating something not kosher. So Torah law doesn't require us to stop them. Maybe rabbinic law, chinuch, training, but Torah law doesn't require us to stop them. When it comes to Shabbos, at least if they're doing it for us, then we're required to stop them. So, uh, so the uh, we see, we, we see this concept that when it comes to Shabbos, there's a greater expectation to, uh, to stop others from, from violating Shabbos. And the question is, why? Why is there a higher expectation when it comes to Shabbos? And Rabbi Salant gives a beautiful answer. If you look at the last source, so the last source shows us the fourth commandment, which is remember the Shabbos to sanctify it. That's on the right side. That's in the book of Shemos of Exodus. And then we have on the left side, our Shamar, guard the Shabbos. Now, the sages teach us in the Midrash that there were two sides to the, to the luchos, to the tablets. Each one had five commandments on it. And they teach us that the five commandments on the right side actually correspond to the five on the left side. And, uh, and so, I am Hashem, your God, corresponds to do not murder, you know, recognizing the godliness in person. 
don't have other gods corresponds to do not commit adultery, right? Same kind of idea, adultery against God. It's it's the loyal, loyalty and relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And we, each one, those are the easiest to explain. The others take a little bit more time. But why and then what what does which of the Ten Commandments does observing the Shabbos line up with? It says, God, the Shabbos thing, it says, do not testify falsely. So what does Shabbos have to do with testifying falsely in court? Well, Shabbos is a testimony. Shabbos is a testimony that God created the world. And the Midr says that uh, those who keep the Shabbos testify that God created the world. And those who violate the Shabbos testify that God did not create the world and rest on the seventh. So Rabbi Salant suggests as follows. If a person walks into court and gives testimony, and then somebody else walks into court and gives testimony that contradicts it, what happens? The testimony is canceled out. And so it's not enough, he says. He says, Zahor, remember the Shabbos means we have to keep the Shabbos. And when we each keep the Shabbos, so we testify that God created the world in seven days. But Shamor means we have to make sure that others keep the Shabbos as best as we can. Because otherwise, we have to guard the Shabbos that others keep it, because otherwise, they're contradicting our testimony. And if they contradict our testimony, then the testimony gets canceled out on some level. So that's why, that's why we need to, that, that's why this specific commandment, Shabbos, has a higher standard for ensuring that others observe it, so that their testimony doesn't cancel out our testimony. And that's also why they had to be said at once, Zachar and Shamor, because you can't have one without the other. If you try to keep Shabbos, but others don't, so to, again, to we do our best, but uh, but to on some level, we're left with nothing. Because if we're testifying that God created the world, God has created the world, and others are not testifying to this, or are testifying the opposite by violating the Shabbos, so then we're, we're canceled out. So these two things have to be said in one utterance, Zachor and Shamor, because they're necessary for each other. Now, the clincher, if you have a moment to stick with, with me, is that we find a little bit of a change between the way the commandment of not testifying falsely is presented in Shemos and the way it's presented in Devarim and Duramarmi. And if you look on the source sheet, so it says, Lo shakir. Do not testify falsely. That's how it says it in, in Shemos, the first time in the Ten Commandments. The second time the Ten Commandments appear, it says, Lo Some just translate it the same. It's the same idea. Eid Shav means don't bear false testimony. But literally, Shav means futile. Don't bear a futile testimony. And that's what some commentaries explain. It means don't go into court and testify something that cannot have any any impact, either based on the words or based on it's only one witness, it's not enough. Don't testify a futile testimony that cannot have any implication in court. Why the change? So I'm not sure why the change, but this change, says Rabbi Salant, corresponds to the change that we see regarding Shabbos as well. Because when the Torah says, Zachor, it says, remember the Shabbos, it's telling us, Testify that God created the world. Testify that God is creator of the universe and don't testify falsely, right? When it says guard the Shabbos, 
What's that really telling us? It's saying, make sure everybody else keeps the Shabbos so that what? So that your testimony isn't futile. Not so that your testimony isn't false. Your testimony, you're keeping the Shabbos. Your testimony is true. The problem is that if you don't guard others, if you don't inspire others to keep the Shabbos, so then it renders your testimony futile because their testimony cancels out your testimony. And that's why in the second time when it talks about the testimony, it doesn't say do not testify falsely. It says do not testify lashav for futile purposes. Don't, don't render your testimony futile. A beautiful, beautiful uh, explanation. So, uh, so to just uh, summarize, so, uh, so we, um, I'll work backwards. Summarize what we just said, which is that the, uh, that according to Rabbi Salant, Zachor means remember the Shabbos for ourselves, keep the Shabbos ourselves. Shamor means make sure that others keep it as well as best we can, because otherwise the testimony that God created the world is contradicted by others' testimony that God did not create the world. And on some level that renders our testimony futile and, uh, and cancel out. And that's why they have to be said in one utterance because they are both necessary at the same time so that one doesn't cancel out the other. Working backwards to the earlier ideas, we discussed that, that it's necessary to mention the Exodus in Kiddush. We mentioned that the, the Ten Commandments are, are, uh, have a change from Zachor in the first one, which relates to positive acts to remember the, the, the holiness of the seventh day, which is the day that God rested from creating the world. We have Shamor, we have guard the Shabbos, which uh, in the second set of commandments, which also goes with the mention of the Exodus, that uh, we're to rest, guard, guard the Shabbos means rest from work. And that's a way of remembering the Exodus. And, uh, and the Maharal said, you can't have one without the other, because if you would just declare a day holy, but you don't actually treat it differently, then it, it's, it, it's, it, it doesn't have any uniqueness. And if you just take a rest without declaring it holy, that also doesn't make it, you know, there's lots of days we take off and work. You need both. You need to both rest and declare it holy. That's why they had to be said at the same time, Zachar and Shamor. We had the Ramban. The Ramban says that that really the remembering the Exodus is the, is the completion of the lesson or of the message that God created the world because we weren't there to witness that. We were there to witness the Exodus. We saw that with our own eyes. We passed it down generation to generation. And that is a affirmation of our belief. And so the, the, the remembering of the Exodus is intrinsic to the idea of Shabbos, of remembering God as creator of the world, because that is something that we were able to witness with our own eyes. That is why Zachar and Shamor should be said in one utterance, because really one completes the other. Shamor, guarding the Shabbos, which is the idea of remembering the Exodus, completes the idea of Zachor, of making the day holy and remembering creation. And, uh, and, and that's also why it should be mentioned in Kiddush, because it's part and parcel of the idea of Shabbos, of remembering the Shabbos, um, of remembering creation, as the Ramban had said, that Shabbos is to remember the Exodus, but the, remembering the Exodus is to remember what Shabbos really is, to remember that, uh, that God is creator of the world and controls all of nature. Okay, sorry for holding you a little bit later.
we will stop there. Thank you. Thank you.